will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 415 of Fergo on the Frick. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going good, Andrew. How are you? Not too bad. People might notice I sound a bit nasal. Not mm-hmm. my sprightly self. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taken two and a half years, but I finally did it. What's that? I, I finally got the COVID. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but I'm, I must admit, I'm also disappointed. I didn't get full-blown nasty deathbed COVID, which meant I didn't get to eat an onion. Ah, uh, what you mean is you chose not to eat an onion. Yeah, I soft-cocked it. You chose not to eat an onion. After, like, everybody who has been sick over the last two fucking years, you've said, eat an onion, Okay. And you it's the magical cure. You didn't eat an onion. Didn't eat an onion. Apparently um, people really loved it. Remember that night you got a, a cramp and you were in yes. a lot of pain and I told you to eat an onion? People loved that, eh? I got I some did. feedback on that. They, they love my pain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, commiserations to the onion. I'm sorry to yep. get you, but there we go. So do you, are you feeling better now? Pretty much. I'm back at work and doing all sorts of stuff. Just a little bit of a runny nose, and that's about it. Excellent. But you didn't get the full-blown version. No, I didn't I didn't lose my sense of taste. Uh-huh. Um, I did I did lose my sense of smell for a few days. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose the sense of taste. Okay. Yeah. So that was a bit annoying. Well, at least you, you got a taste of it. You know, you got a little, just enough of it just to get the I've, antibodies. Yeah, I've got a sample. So now I've just got to wait a few months, and then I can get it again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can do it properly the second time around. Maybe what we should do is is turn this into a marketing opportunity, right? And we charge our listeners fifty bucks a pop for you to spit in their mouth and just give them the antibodies. What do you reckon? Like on some sort of, uh, uh, you know, strong gene fucking pool there to just pe- prevent people from getting COVID and just go around mm. spitting in people's mouths. Yeah, look, I think it's the way to go. I think it's the way to go. So anybody that's listening that wants Andrew to spit in their mouth, podcast at leaguefreak.com, just, you know, tell us that you want Andrew yeah. to spit in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I've got a mortgage to pay, so, you know, that's fair. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it goes side by side with uh, my uh, face cream uh, thing that I'm doing through the podcast as well, high-protein face cream. So, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so I uh, had some inquiries about that as well. So, yeah, we're just trying to help people out. So That's what we do. We mm. are here for the people. Exactly, exactly. We are the people. We are the people. Well, us. we're above the people, but still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Now, um, we'll get into the footy stuff here. There was a bit of talk over the last week and a half, mm-hmm. mostly from a week ago, obviously, about Luke Brooks getting dropped this week. Yes, the media went crazy because Luke yeah. Brooks had been dropped by the West Tigers. Yeah, despite the fact it was a rep round and the West Tigers weren't playing. Yeah, well, yeah. you know. And, and then he didn't get dropped when they actually named their team and they all called the club soft for 
not dropping him like they suggested he would be. They weren't wrong. That's the main thing to take out of it is that the media is never wrong. That's right. That's right. Um, they were right. And the fact that the Tigers didn't do as the media suggested is an indication that the club was trying to counter the media to try and look stronger than the media suggested they were. And that, I don't, therefore, look, makes the club weak. I don't think there's any doubt that Brett Kamali's entire selection strategy is based upon making the media feel bad within themselves. That That's right. That's right. I mean, if, if that's not how coaches function, then I don't know how they do. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I decided to, to run a whole bunch of stats looking at um, – Spine combinations at the West Tigers since Luke Brooks made his debut in 2013, mm-hmm. and he's played in. This is this is fascinating stuff. It was 182 games he started in? Okay. Uh, and he's been in 62 different spine combinations. So that's fullback, five eighth, halfback, hooker. Oh, okay, so yeah. That's but that's less. Than one every three games. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. It's uh, not very settled. <laughs> no. Furthermore, there's only been three combinations out of those 180 games. Only three that have been together for at least ten games. See, that's insane. That's so absolutely insane. James Tedesco, Mitch Moses, Luke Brooks, Robbie Farah. 21 games. It's not even a full year's worth. Wow. And then, and then check out, and then check out the ones underneath it, and tell me how many times you'd make a final series with these spines combinations. Mm-hmm. Moses and By, Benji Marshall, Luke Brooks, Robbie Farah. They had 14 games together. Wow. Tedesco, Moses Brooks, and Dean Hallettow Hooker had 13 games. <laughs> Corey Thompson, Benji Marshall, Brooks, and Farah nine games. Tedesco, Anasta, Brooks, Farah, Tedesco, Brooks, Moses, Matt McIlrick. Um, wow, that's a name I haven't heard for a while. Yeah. Dane Laurie, Moses and By, Brooks and Jacob Little, Laurie, Adam Dewey, Brooks and Little, they all had seven. Mm-hmm. And, and By, Josh Reynolds, Brooks, Farah and Dewey, Reynolds, Brooks and Harry Grant had five each. Man, there's some real shockers there. <laughs> and they're the ones that they use the most. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's weird that the the best one is probably the one where he was surrounded by other young players. The first one you named. The first you know? one, Tedesco, Moses, Brooks, and Farah. I mean, yeah. that's when Tedesco was still quite young, and Farah <laughs> was only, I think, 28 at the time. So it's not like Farah was over the hill or anything like that. That was when he was still at his prime. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, Benji Marshall's in there, but that's when he came back to the club. Yeah. And Moses yeah. and Bai was at fullback, and he's not a fullback. Well, that's the thing. When you said Moses and Bai, I'm like, okay, and Bai at, at what five eight? I'm guessing. And then you went through them. I'm like, hang on, and Bai was a fullback. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit, man. So this is the thing. You're looking at it here. Um, in his 180 games, 59 had Tedesco at fullback. Mm-hmm. Dane Laurie's the next most capped fullback in that time with 28 games. Moses and by 25 and Corey Thompson 20. Wow. No one else has more than 10 games at fullback. That's crazy. 
Like, and that's crazy. And some of the names in there at fullback. Um, Curtis Rowe. Remember don't the great career of Curtis him. Rowe? No, I don't remember him. Oh, Mitch Moses also had five games at fullback. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, Tui Lola here, six games. Stafford Toa this year's had four games. Um, then we had the great trifecta of David Nofaluma, Kevin Naguama, Jordan Rankin. Man. Three games each. They're all they're um, all such West Tigers players, though, aren't they? It goes on. Zach Cheney, he played one game at fullback, as did Paul Momorowski, um, Justin Hunt. I think it's Justin Hunt. Blake Austin, Joy Hitchcock, they all have one game at fullback. Blake Austin played fullback in the NRL. Yeah. Well. yeah. And if you're going to play fullback in the NRL and you're not supposed to, West Tigers will make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, 5'8", he had 53 games alongside Moses, 45 alongside Benji Marshall, and then 14 with Adam Dewey, 13 with Anasta, 11 with Josh Reynolds, and then 7 with Moses and Bai, Five with Blake Austin and Jock Madden. Uh, two with Jackson Hastings. And one with Chris Lawrence, Tyson Gamble, Ryan Madison and Billy Walters. Wow. Uh, four games alongside Benji when Benji was halfback and Brooks mm-hmm. was 5'8". And mm-hmm. eight with Hastings at halfback. Mm-hmm. And at hooker, Farrah, 67 games. So he's the spine member he's played with the most. Okay. Um. And then there's Jacob Little, 36 games. Dean Hallitow, 19. Matt McCurrick, 14. Harry Grant, 11. Uh, Jake Simpkin, 10. Uh, Elijah Taylor, 8 games. Wow. Hooker. <laughs> Joel Lawani, 6. Peter Godin, a 5. Ryan Madison, 3. Jack Littlejohn and Moses and by 1 each. So my question, okay, is... Mm-hmm. I've gone through that name of all the spine members he's played yeah. alongside, played around. Yeah. You've heard the list of the most frequent ones he used. And my question, which I raised in this article I wrote for the League Unlimited magazine, which came out today, yeah. is you throw in the fact that the Tigers have been cycling through coaches at a pretty rapid rate. They haven't been able to nail down a spine for consecutive seasons mm-hmm. at any stage from 2014 till now. My question is, which halfback could you take from any other club and put in that exact same situation and turn the Tigers' fortunes around completely and make them a finals contender? Yeah, none. Especially when you consider that on top of all of that, they're also playing behind a, a either an undersized forward pack or a very poor forward pack, you know. Um None, none. You take Nathan Cleary and put him in that situation for 10 years, just about, and you just end up with a completely different player. Like, yeah. you know, we saw, we even saw Andrew Johns when he had some really terrible teams. Um, they didn't go anywhere because there's only so much a halfback can do. This is right. I, I guess to the point where it's easy, I think, for everyone to just go and, and heap shit onto Luke Brooks. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve some of it. Mm. But at some point you've got to say, you know, what's <laughs> is it the club wagging the dog or is it the dog wagging the club, so to speak? You know, it's Yeah. The club's created yeah. the situation around him. It's a situation that no one's going to be successful in. 
So how are we supposed to know what Luke Brooks was supposed to look like as a player at his full potential? When we've not, the club has not given him any opportunity to reach that potential by giving him a set spine to work with and to work around and to be, you know, building something with. Yeah, well, and, uh, and it, it look, it shows... And the thing about Luke Brooks is that when he come into first grade, he did have a lot of potential. And, like, I don't think it was ever superstar potential, like people were saying, but he was at least a, looked like he was going to be a pretty handy player looking ahead. He was an NRL-quality NRL half. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that you've got to develop a player like that. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody comes out of, like, the lower grades as a halfback and is a finished product. Like, not a single person. Even Andrew Johns wasn't a finished product. And so you've got to develop them and you've got to put the right things around them, the right players around them. They've got to have people that they learn off. You know, what the who does Luke Brooks learn off of in all of that time? And when everyone's just you know, being moved from position to position, you know, other players are just hoping to keep their spot on the side. Other players are just holding on at the very end of their careers and things like that. You know, how's he supposed to really settle and work on his craft as a halfback? It's almost impossible. And yeah, it it shows the greater failure of the West Tigers and, and that they've failed Lou Brooks. And as you say, it doesn't excuse that you now have, you know, a halfback that's got nearly 200 games worth of experience that still plays like a rookie, but it shows why that is. Yeah, he's never been able to develop past that first season. No. And the thing that gets me too is that it's so clear when you look back on that 2013-2014 period there at some of the young talent the club had sitting Mm -hmm. in their hands and how they were not even looking at it. They had... Mitchell Moses, James Tedesco, obviously Brooks there, Curtis Sirenen, Nathan Brown, who went to Parramatta, mm-hmm. Noffel Luma, uh, Aaron Woods, before he turned into the biggest pillow out there, <laughs> um, Tim Simona, before he became a criminal, alleged. Um, Marika Korobiti was also there. Mm-hmm. I think in, was it, a year or two after that, they had Josh Adokar there. And then Chris Lawrence was at the club, and he was only 24 at the time, and you throw in Robbie Farr and Benji Marshall, both under 30 as well. Yeah. They were in a good situation. That's not a bad roster to be working around. Mm-hmm. What did they do with it? They completely just weren't paying attention to anything at all. And yet, yeah. for some reason, they're going to try and have us believe, as are the morons in the mainstream media, that it's Luke Brooks that's at fault. Look at that fucking roster. That is a workable roster that could make a finals without any hassle. And they're all young, the same age. They could all come through at the same time, develop at the same time. All they needed was a club that was going to actually invest in them and put the right people around them to make sure that they became what they needed to be. And what happened? Started with fucking Gordon Tallis, you know, rehashing a story from 18 or 15 months prior, but it, Robbie Farrow didn't like Mick Potter. Yeah, but they forget the fact that they 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 fixed all those issues and they were all good friends by the time the story came out. The club let that pissy story, and that is a pissy story. They let that white ant the club and railroaded into the ground, and then they lost all those young players. They went, "You, we don't want to be here anymore." They all fucking left. 
And that's what happened. There yeah, was no this... leadership at the club. They allowed that shit to happen. Yeah, but like, when have the West Tigers ever really had good leadership at the club? And no, I'll... that's the thing. They I'll... never have. But that's, yeah, I would that's... say, like, the best you can get is going back to when they did win their premiership, and it was kind of led by Sheens, who, and people forget this about Tim Sheens. Tim Sheens, um, people didn't know what to make of him as a coach when he took over the Tigers, because he had been a great coach at the Raiders, and then he ended up at the North Queensland Cowboys, and it was just a disaster. And people were like, yeah. what the fuck is going on here? Then he goes to the West Tigers. It was People didn't know if he could still coach anymore. Now, he put together a very interesting, unique side that was very good in that moment in the NRL, and, and they won the premiership. And on top of having a couple of really good young players, you know, just all of a sudden come out of nowhere. And, uh, but... But outside of that, have when have they ever really had good leadership as a club? And is it a symptom of the when they merge that eventually you get a, a team that is put together from two clubs that were pretty poorly run at the time and they had to choose a, a management out of that and it's just something that's perpetuated? But then again, I think about it, and I, like I think about the Panthers have had some terrible management in the last 20 years. Really, really terrible management. You can get your way out of that. Why yeah. haven't the West Tigers? Why have, hasn't there been that organic process where just better people walk into the place? That just hasn't happened at the Tigers for some reason. Because the people who are running the club in management Money's coming in, so everything's good. Who cares about the on-field results and the losing all the time and being shit? Football's we're not making football, Andrew. We're, we're making money. Fucking football. We're making money. We're fine. That'll be great until it stops, and it will stop because no sponsors want to be pumping money into a bunch of losers. That's just fact. I, imagine talking about, oh, well, the books are all balanced. When you get the salary cap is $10 million bucks. You get thirteen million bucks every year from the NRL. Like if you can't balance those books, and look, yeah, I've said you... before, the perfect rugby league club, it, it doesn't have a dollar left at the end of the year because you've spent that one dollar extra you had on development. You know, exactly. but the idea that like it balancing books is the be all and end all of a rugby league club is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. The TV rights gives you all the fucking money you need, so you don't run out of loss. Yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I don't know. I don't get it. But, yeah, the club's had this constant lack of leadership thing, and it's happening again. As soon as the results don't come, sack another coach. And if second the coach doesn't work and the results don't come, then drop a few players and see what happens. Or, mm -hmm. you know, they did it. They did it forcing Robbie Farrer out of the club. And it, I think it's also a symptom of, like, the, the coaches that they've mostly brought in, and I would say everyone except for Maguire, to be honest with you, although uh, Ivan Cleary was a bit of a weird situation there, um, to say the least. But I think everyone outside of Maguire, they were people that were kind of scrambling to have a career as an NRL coach to a certain extent. And I can see where they're just trying to find, you know, the, the spine combination that works. It, it, for some reason, it just clicks, right? Yeah. But then when I you think... get Maguire come in and say, look, I'm I'm here to do a job, I'm a premiership winner and stuff, and you sack him too, it's like, oh, well, you guys are just fucked. Yeah. 
it's insane. And the club also, you know, was a few days ago, were adamant that they got Cameron Serraldo. This club has now been turned down by an assistant coach. This is a club that had a current New Zealand test coach and a former premiership winning coach that they sacked. And now they can't even attract an assistant coach to be their head coach. That's how bad this club is now. And they put out that press release, which was just, I always worry when you get people within the game that they act like ex-girlfriends. That really felt like an ex-girlfriend sort of mood or boyfriend move. We're not being sexist on this podcast. We keep that stuff for after the podcast. But Exactly. We, <laughs> we, when, when you get those sort of petty things that happen in, in the sport, and that's when you start thinking to yourself, okay, what the fuck is going on here? You know what that, like, you know that press conference, uh, that press release was missing? Mm-hmm. Was a lot of them saying, it's okay though. We didn't want him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's almost what it was. It was like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, you know what they should do is they should come out and say, like, look, we've decided not to go with Craig Bellamy. We're going in a different direction here. And it, like, it just is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But it, like, it says a lot that, and we've talked about Cameron Serraldo, and we you don't know if he's going to be a good coach or not. No one does. But he is in a place where he can pick the right situation. And my guess is that the Panthers said to him, look, you can earn, and I don't know how much he would have got at the Tigers, but let's say the West Tigers, and I'm Cameron Serraldo, I want at least seven or $800,000 to coach them to leave the situation I'm in. Maybe the Panthers come up and said, look, you can take that money or you can earn, you know, this much money at, at the Panthers. And, He's just waited up, and he's like, "Man, what? I'm I'm all right staying at the Panthers. Like if they I come up and said three hundred thousand, I don't know. I don't know what the going rate no, is. I for reckon coach. at the end of the day, he knows the structure and the system in place at Penrith, and he knows that it's set up for long term success. Yeah. No one knows what the West Tigers are set up for short term, let alone long term. Yeah, And if you're a coach, experienced, inexperienced, trying to get a name for yourself, that is not the situation you want to be in. If the greatest thing they've got to talk about is, oh, we're going to open up the doors to the high-performance centre soon, you're going, no. Your talented juniors that will be part of your club going into the future are not going to be found near a fucking treadmill. And okay, the other, they're going to get developed outside. They're going to come from away from the high-performance facility. All this talk for the last two years has been about building this fucking unit. Yes, it's going to be great and helpful, but you don't put all those eggs in that fucking room. It's not hmm. going to work. There's so much more involved in running a club, and this team, this club has zero clue about that still. Yeah. They're yep. taking until now to finally get a high performance unit. Every other club's had one of those for fucking 15 years. <laughs> and the thing is, too, with that is that um, if you look at the way the Panthers have this, and I talk about the Panthers a lot, but why wouldn't you, you know, at the moment? Everyone should want to be doing what the Panthers are doing. Um, the Panthers have a, a groups, uh, and they have groups of elite juniors at all of their different um, age group levels. And those, they're juniors that are in the Penrith district. 
they go to the Panthers High Performance uh, Complex that is in the Penrith District. Now, where are the best juniors from the West Tigers going to come from? They're going to come from uh, the MacArthur region, Western Sydney, and their high performance unit is in fucking Concord. Like it makes zero sense. It's, it's like a business district. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck is that all about? Like it, uh, it just you just get to a point. Like I've been there with my club where you throw your hands in the air and you're like, you just hope it changes. Thankfully, it changed. But with the West Tigers, it doesn't fucking change. No, no. Just slap some paint on it, mate. It should be all good. Yeah. Now, look, oh, let's, let's call it new hashtag new era. Yeah, what new the era fuck again. Was new. They sacked yeah. the coach halfway through the year. They put it because they wanted to have some stability. They're so fucking dumb. <laughs> you know what's interesting is, um, and this is not in the media. So this is this is here. So I've been hearing around the traps mm-hmm. um, that the coach who it looks like the club is going to hire, if it's not Kamali, very high on the list. Looks like it could be John Morris. I've heard that too. Now, the thing I find interesting about this and the whole new era thing is that when the West Tigers had been put in a position where, I think it was 2007, Scott Prince left the club. He wanted to go back to the Gold Coast, you know, where he lived, that sort of thing. So he left. And so the Tigers decided to go in a new direction with a new halfback, and they signed a hooker mm-hmm. in John Morris. Mm-hmm. He came to the club, and the club did nothing. Mm-hmm. He's all time there. And that's not John Morris's fault. He's a hooker who was told to play at halfback. Yeah. The club already had a top quality hooker in Robbie Farah. They didn't need another hooker. They're trying to manufacture something that doesn't, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, Morris left the club after his four years there and went to the Sharks and played at hooker and helped them make that move from the mess they were in to the point where I think Mick Ennis came a year before they won their premiership. Mm-hmm. He, that's when he came and replaced uh, John Morris there. But Morris had done a lot of the, you know, he filled in in the, in the hooker role there. He helped the club get some go forward, some structure. That's what he did. He was very good at that as a hooker. He's a very good organizer of the forwards. We didn't use him for any of that at the West Tigers. Mm-hmm. But that aside, I found it funny that in a new era, we've now gone back to having Tim Sheens at the club pretty much as the head coach at the moment. Yeah. And he signed John Morris once before, and now he's doing it again. Yeah, and look, if John Morris, look, if he takes the job, the first thing that he has to say is Tim Sheens goes. And if Tim Sheens doesn't go, you're not the head coach. If you've got a a coaching director, you ain't the head coach. I'm sorry. I'd be I'd be saying if I was John Morris, I don't mind Tim Sheen staying. He's not as a coaching director though. I want him doing junior pathways. As I've said it before, Sheen's has a good eye for talent when it comes to the youngsters. He did it at the Tigers. He did it at Canberra for God knows how long. Did it he back knows, at Penrith. Yeah, he knows how to find talent and not only how to find it, mm. how to nurture it and how to train them up and how to get them first grade ready. That is a genuine talent he has. Fucking put him in that. That's the perfect thing for him. Don't have him overseeing coaching duties at the club in first grade. Get him that junior pathways. Set that shit up. They will be set if they can do that. 
they've also got to make sure that when John Morris, you know, if John Morris takes the gig on, that he says, I want full reign over team selections. I do not want anyone involved in any committee or in any boardroom to think that I have any say over who gets picked in this team. I also don't want any of those people to have any say over who we sign, who we retain. I will tell you who I want. I'll tell you who I want to retain. I'll tell you who I want to get rid of. Yeah. Until they get a coach who is given the authority to do all of that, doesn't matter who coaches the club. They'll keep having the same same fault over and over again. There's too many people involved in the running of the club at the moment who all think they know how to coach an NRL team, and none of them have a fucking clue at it. Yeah. And we've talked about this many times on the podcast. The head coach is the is the leader of an entire club to the point where he should be able to go into the CEO and talk to the board and say, I want this, and the board should be able to tick off on it like they should say yes. Because if they're not saying yes, then they pick the wrong guy to coach the club, and that's on them. Um, there should never be anybody over the coach. The coach should never have a fucking boss, you know. It, it's it's ridiculous, these clubs that think that they can have a, a, a coaching director over the coach. It's It's outrageous that anybody would think that that's the right situation. You know, and it, these coaching directors are fucking egos as well. Like all coaches are. You can't be a coach if you don't have a fucking ego. Like your job is to tell 17 of the best footballers in the world what to do. And if they do what you say, they will win games. And yeah. you, you are bet, like there's only 16 NRL coaches right now that think they're the best coach in the world. You know, that's the job. That's who you've got to be to do that role. Um they can't have bosses over them. And these coaching directors are the same sort of wide people. You know, we, we've joked about it. The fucking Phil Gould's looking for a young Phil Gould. You know, yeah. it, it, Tim Sheens wants a young Tim Sheens. That's their fucking job. That's what they do. That's and, what they want. You know. Hey, look, it's it's not all bad for the Tigers fans, though. I'll, I'll leave it on a good note. Because the, the West Tigers have uh, the club are giving free entry to the Rose Hill races this Saturday for West Tigers members. So at least the West Tigers fans can go along and watch something win. That'd be good. <laughs> and on that note, let's get into the uh, the round preview, shall we? That's fucking brilliant. Okay, so as always, <laughs> our NRL round preview is brought to you by the good people at palmabet.com. Palmabet are our major sponsor this year. We love having them on board. They've been awesome to work with. Um, and we're going to give you the uh, odds from them. So go to palmabet.com, sign up for that. Now, the first game of the weekend, or the round, we should say, is the Manly Warringah Seagulls. They're at home. Uh, the ground is cursed. We all know about that. They're, they've got the Melbourne Storm turning up. Now, the Manly Warringah Seagulls are at $2.90 in the head-to-head. The Melbourne Storm are at $1.40. The Manly Wearing Seagulls have a six-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90. And with the six-and-a-half-point handicap, the Melbourne Storm are also at $1.90. Yeah. This is uh, this is an interesting one. Because Manly's been steadily getting better, despite not having Tom Trebovich there, with Ruben Garrick. Garrick's warming to the role and the extra duties required in playmaking sort of stuff while yeah. he's been there. 
Um, so that's come along pretty well there. Um, Mealy's going to be without Josh Alloway. He's got concussion. Yeah. Um, and Trevojevic and Cherry Evans will both be playing after Origin. So they should be fine. Ryan Pappenhausen has been named at fullback. Uh, that that came through today, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felice Kafusi won't be playing. Uh, what else is there? I know that Cameron Munster has an AC Mun- issue yes. in his shoulder. Munster is out. Uh, okay. So Nick Meany's going to be a 5'8". Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time he'll have played there. So be interesting to see how he goes. Harry Grant, I think, is... Oh, no, he's playing. Surprised they put Harry Grant at six and Brandon Smith at nine. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, choose at six and Grant at seven. Um, yeah. Cause that, that's the thing about the Storm. That's probably one area they haven't got a replacement for or somebody that can step in and do half the job is at 5'8". Well, they've got that um, young Tyron Wishart who will have the potential to do that. Um, but they've named him on the extended bench, so he's probably still a chance of coming into the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Pappenhausen come back. I think that's pretty big for them, yeah. even with Munster being out, because uh, Hughes is in stunning form at the moment. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Melbourne, but I don't think it's going to be um, a blowout score. I think it's going to be pretty tight this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm tipping Melbourne. Um, I think that. You know, obviously missing Munster, that is absolutely massive. But I, I just think at this time of the year, they're so used to players coming in and out of their side, and, and that helps them that they're used to that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so on Friday night, this is going to be a cracker. Hopefully you're stuck in traffic for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pray, pray yeah. for a 90-minute traffic jam. It'll be... You'll be stuck on the M4 saying, well, it could be worse. It could be watching this game of footy. Uh, Palmerbet.com has the Newcastle Knights taking on the Gold Coast Titans. The Newcastle Knights are favourites at $1.75. The Titans are at $2.05, which is crazy. Shows where the Titans are at the moment. The Titans have a one and a half point head start at $1.86. So there's been a little bit of money with the Titans with their head start. And uh, with their one-and-a-half-point handicap, the Newcastle Knights are at $1.95. Am I crazy to think? I'm I'm picking Titans. I was going to say that. Kalen Pong is out with a concussion. Okay. Um, And they've still got Bradman Best and Saifidi on the extended bench. Mm Yeah. they, I don't see where much of their attack comes from here. So, yeah, I'm I'm going with the Titans. Um, David Fafita will be back on the bench as well. He's trying uh, to repay them back for all the money that he stole from them. Yeah, geez, I tell you what. There's a reason why he's got big arms, man. It's lifting his fucking wallet all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going Titans. I wouldn't be surprised if Titans put on a good a good performance here. Yeah, I look, I... I the Titans are so terrible. I have no faith in them. They need a new coach. They're coached by a former St. Helens coach, so that says everything. Um, but the Newcastle Knights have absolutely nothing. Whereas I, I can look at these two teams and I just do – I'm doing it on a talent weight thing. It's like the, the Titans have heaps of talent, and I'm just – I'm banking on that talent 
just being able to win the game. It, it, it's, I know it sounds dumb. It sounds real base. But... Well, sometimes just you'll get like three or four games every year where it doesn't matter what the coach is, um, the talent will just click. Yeah. And they'll run up a good score and they'll put in a good performance. Everyone goes, oh, they're on now. And then they turn off again. But yeah. I think this will be one of those games where they actually turn on and they, they put on a good score. That's kind of what I'm banking on. And yeah. This is a crazy thing about the Titans. The Titans, I think, have the talent to be a top eight side if they had a decent coach, and they don't. But the thing is, neither of these clubs have a decent coach. So it's just like you start looking for what can I sort of grab at, and it's just the talent at the Titans. And it's, you know, it's origin season. Hopefully they're still up from that, and, you know, but just I, I might actually wait until about, like, I don't know, 5... 5.30, and then just drive to the airport and back down the M4. And just <laughs> hopefully I'll miss this entire game. It'll be good. Damn, I just missed it. Son of a bitch. Have I ever told the story about how I missed a flight to the Gold Coast doing that? No. Oh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I had a flight to the Gold Coast, and uh, I, I had, had everything timed out. Before I, I'm leaving, I'm like, you know what? I could go a pulled pork sandwich. So I went, I got myself a pulled pork sandwich, ate that, got stuck in traffic, missed my flight. (laughs) Was it a good sandwich though? Oh, it's fucking delicious. Oh, that's worth it. (laughs) So the second game on Friday night is actually a good one. It is your NRL and world champion Penrith Panthers at home taking on the Sydney Roosters, who son Matt Lodge uh, is one of those, um, you know how they've got yes. the no dickheads policy at the yeah. Sydney Roosters? Yeah, they signed Matt Lodge. Um, they, so, lost, they, lost, they lost that policy paper somewhere. Yeah. Probably yeah. with their salary cap auditing papers. Isn't it fun? It just shows Ooh. you that. It just, you know what? It shows you that all of the hot air and bullshit, it just all goes out the window when someone needs to get some wins on the board. They don't give a fuck about it. Culture. Nah, nah, nothing. It's all out there. I must admit, though, I, I'm surprised they went for Lodge. I don't think he's he fits what they're trying to achieve anyway. I think he's a stopgap measure. Well, that... of course he is. But, I mean, that's the thing is that they, they're usually pretty good at getting a solid enough, um, consistent, reliable <clears throat> forward pack that mm. just gives you the same solid effort every single week, which is enough for the the halves to, you know, work off the back of. Mm. And Lodge is too erratic of a player and too hot-headed and gives away too many penalties. But it's crazy to say that when you think of someone like Jabaria Hargraves as a member of this Roosters side. But Lodge gives away more penalties and dumber ones mm. than what JWH does. And so yeah, to w- me, yeah. they're taking a step backwards from JWH not just in the stupidity sample thing, but JWH is also a better ball player and he runs better lines. So I don't know why you want Lodge in your side at all. He's a backward step. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. And then you throw all the off-spilled shit in there as well and just go, well, that's even more of a reason not to buy him. But um, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't see how he improves the side any. He's a step back from JWH. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think that they've got 
they've got some all right young forwards there who I think that they'd be better off. They're not winning the title this year. No. You know, so so it's not like he's a finishing piece. So what is he there for? Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously they feel like they need a little bit more depth, but I would rather blood younger players than look for that sort of depth. This and it, you know, that's not even looking at all of the character stuff. Um, but anyway, to the to the uh, prices on Palmerbet.com, the Panthers are at one dollar fifteen. The Roosters are at $5.50 in the head. That's got to be the longest odds they've been out in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's, I, I think it's probably right. You know? Oh, yeah. It's it, definitely justified. Yeah. Um, the, here's an interesting one. The Roosters have a 15 and a half point head start at one. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's tempting. The Panthers with 15 and a half point handicap are also $1.90. Um, Friday night, Penrith Footy Stadium. It's going to be pretty brisk. Uh, Panthers are all coming back from playing Origin in in rep footy. <clears throat> There'll be two of them that didn't play Origin or rep footy. Um, they they the thing that you could worry about this game, and I I would go this way because the Panthers are a younger team, is that this is just a a lineup that is ready to they've just been eating raw meat for the last two weeks and they're just gonna come out like a buzzsaw that that has got to be a worry for the roosters yeah i think so i think luke here is out but i'm i don't know a lot of people talk up his his omission from the side has been something noteworthy as i've said in previous episodes i don't think he's as big a loss as is often made out by a lot of people because mm-hmm. he's missed so many games in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. The club's learned how to survive without him. Um, so I think the halves are going to be okay. Uh, it's, I think the, the biggest concern is how the Roosters will get through the Panthers' defence. Because Hutchison is not... He's not overly skilled in the halves role. He's 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 a handy five eight, but you need to be a bit more than handy if you're going to beat the Panthers. Yeah. Um, Walker will be will be pretty good. I mean, he's got. This is the thing that's working for him, I guess. Is he's got two unbelievable leapers on both wings to mm-hmm. kick to, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be the game plan the whole way through. Is Tupo jumping over Brian to O? And Joseph Sawali will just jump over. It doesn't matter what you put there. Taylor May's going to need about three three bloody ladders just to be in competition here. Uh, so that's going to be pretty much, I wouldn't be surprised if that's pretty much their point of attack is just kick to the wings every time yeah. they get close to the line. Um, it's going to be boring, but it's probably going to be the most effective and only way they're going to skip points on the board. But I can't see them doing it through the middle. No, and the other thing to look at too is that Walker is going to have to tackle a 125-kilogram giant Fijian called Kikau all night, and that's how it's going to feel like for him. It's just going to be – that's exactly how I would feel. So, um, yeah, that that is going to make it a long night for him. With the points head start, 
it's 15 and a half points. It's, you know, the Panthers are going to put some points on the board. Um, you know, where are the points coming from the Roosters? And they've got to get down the end of the field to be able to kick it high to those wingers. That's the problem. Yeah, it's crazy. I just want to point out, too, that for the Roosters, they've got two butchers and a baker on the bench, but no candlestick maker. Ah, if only they had a candlestick maker. (sighs) That joke was just there to be said. Yeah, it's a dad joke, yeah. Legally obligated to make that joke as a That's father. Right. That that is correct. I've I've got that done. I can move on. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> okay, so Saturday afternoon, or I guess you could say early evening, we have the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs hosting the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. The Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs are outsiders on Palmerbet.com. They're at three dollars and ten, whereas the Sharks are favourites at one dollar thirty-five. The Bulldogs have an eight and a half point head start at one dollar ninety, and with the eight and a half point handicap, the Cronulla Sharks are also at one dollar ninety. This is going to be an interesting game. I don't think we can look at the Bulldogs as being the team that just loses games all the time anymore because mm-hmm. they're now playing McPotter ball, mm-hmm. and the way McPotter teaches teams to play is very direct. Mm-hmm. There's nothing flashy; it's just hard running and straight running. But it is so effective. And if there's one team that might have a bit of a weakness in the middle of the field where this hard direct running style is going to work, it could be the Sharks. Um, I'm going with the Sharks. I think they're going to have too much class for them. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulldogs make them work really hard for it. Yeah, maybe taking the Bulldogs with the eight-and-a-half-point start is the way to go here. I yeah. I agree with you. I think that this game could potentially be uh, one of those games where it, it just becomes a real arm wrestle between these teams. I, I'm like you. I'm kind of still tipping the Sharks, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bulldogs won this one. No, no. They've, they've definitely got the right ball runners in the middle of the field to make this work. Um Vaughan, Jackson, Patella Mariner, Pangai, uh, even Waddell on the bench. Very good straight runners. Um, so yeah, I, I see him. I see him being a real threat through the middle. Also, um, it's funny that the media in the last week and a half have worked out that Matt Burton can kick the football. It's uh, crazy, isn't it? It's really weird. Like, what, what the fuck have they been watching this whole time? And they act like all of his kicks are like, oh, my God, we've never seen this before. It's like, just calm down. It's really weird. (laughs) They think he's the second coming of Ricky Stewart all of a sudden. Yeah. And I love this, like, oh, he's got to go over and be an NFL kicker. It's like, what the fuck are you people talking about? He's on huge money at the Bulldogs. And he's actually playing football. He's not just walking out kicking it. Like, what would he fucking do? Anyway. That's an AFL player's gig, that one. Uh, so dumb. So it dumb. Is. It is. So on Saturday night, we have the local derby between the two furthest local derby teams in all of world sports, <laughs> the North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> They're hosting the Brisbane Broncos. On palmerbet.com, the North Queensland Cowboys are favourites at $1.50. The Broncos are at $2.50. No, they're at $2.60, sorry. Uh, the Broncos have a five and a half point head start at two dollars. 
So they've gone out a little bit there. And with the five and a half point handicap, the North Queensland Cowboys are into $1.81, which I think is pretty good. I, I like the, the handicap yeah. of the, the Cowboys. Um, weren't as hit hard by origin as you would expect. With And on top of that, the Broncos, they're dealing with a few injuries and players missing and stuff like that. And the, the thing is that the Cowboys' defense is really good this year, and that's going to be difficult for the Broncos to break down, and it's going to be a full house up there. Yeah. Um, Luciano Lalu will be making his debut for the Cowboys, and it's his 100th NRL game as well. He'll be on the bench. That's going to be cool to see how he plays in that side, hey? Absolutely. Um, they've got a pretty big pack, too, on them at the moment, the Cowboys, with, with Lailua now in there. Mm-hmm. Um this is a weird thing. I think when the Broncos are at their absolute best, they could beat the Cowboys. Yeah. However, the Cowboys have got such... They're playing so consistently in every aspect of the game at the moment that the gap between their best and their worst is so small, it makes it hard to tip against them anymore. Yeah. And so they're playing... It's kind of like the Mick Potter sort of ball. They're playing very solidly structured... Simple footy, and it goes down to make metres through the middle, earn your field position upfield, and then do as you please with the ball. And they've got enough strike out wide so that their halves don't have to be creative. They just need to get early ball out to their outside backs mm-hmm. and let them take over. Um, <laughs> plus, they've got good good forwards running on the edges of the ruck as well. Um, Tor Malolo is being used really well at the moment as as well. Yeah. Not not overplaying his hand, but he's back to just destroying teams right through the middle. Um so yeah, I think I, I think the Cowboys are going to be too good for the Broncos here. I wouldn't be surprised if it's close at half time and then the Cowboys run away with it in the second half. Yeah, I, look I think you summed it up perfectly. I think it like at their best, the Broncos could win this game, but they need everything. They need all of their players available. They need everything clicking. And because the 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 worst performance that the North Queensland Cowboys are going to put out, I think, is still so high. So, uh, yeah, I'm tipping the, the North Queensland Cowboys in this one as well. Now, the late game, Saturday night. Mm. South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're hosting the Parramatta Eels. Now, the Rabbitohs are outsiders at $2.50 on palmerbet.com. The Eels are at $1.54. The Rabbitohs have a a four-and-a-half-point head start at $1.80, so there's been a little bit of money there. And with the four-and-a-half-point handicap, the Parramatta Eels are at $1.90. Yeah, and the big news here is Latrell Mitchell returns at fullback for the the Bunnies. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick Arima's been dropped to the bench. Which probably works with them their side a little bit better. Yeah. They've got that X factor on the bench now. Um the problem that they've got at the moment though, the the bunnies, and maybe the second half of Origin two is enough to say that maybe they've righted that is Cook has been playing far too sideways all year. And he did it when he came on the field at the tail end of the first half in Origin. But when he came out on the second half, he was playing so straight, so direct, 
that that that's when he's at his best because he's so quick out of dummy half that if the markers aren't square, if they're not set, he gets round them and all of a sudden the defence all has to start suctioning into the middle to stop him and shut down him or any ball he gets away to, you know, his middle forwards. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was doing to the Queensland. Kept sucking the defence in so that every time he got to the play the ball, all you had to do is swing it out wide. The defence is constantly running backwards and forwards the whole time, wearing themselves out, and then, bam, holes everywhere, and you run up tries pretty easily after that. If he can get back to being direct out of dummy half and not that stupid sideways shit he was doing, because if you, as a hooker, if you're going sideways, it doesn't matter how fast you are or how skillful you are, you are so much easier to defend against if you get sideways all the time from the play of the ball. Because mm. the markers don't have to do anything. They just You just put one marker there. You know, the, another one could sit behind you and just run one way or the other. But you're going straight away from all of that. So the defensive line's able to spread out and pretty much number up man on man. It makes it hard to create an overlap when that's in place. But you go direct and you make them all come in and contract, the gaps appear out wide. Um, if Cook plays direct, Parramatta's done. That's that's all I'll put it down oh, really? to. Wow, that's interesting. I, I think Cook's... I think the way he's been playing is almost a symptom of the what he is getting from his outside backs because the like Walker has been really poor. Um, the the South's halves just don't interact at all. It's very strange. No, and that's, so, that's kind of why they need to to have that spark from from the play the ball. But but I think I think when Cook is playing for South, I think he is seeing that because the teams don't have to. Uh, you know, spread their defensive line as wide. He's seen a much more compressed defensive line these days, and especially when Latrell's not there as well. And so he's not seeing much in the way of like time to go it, when he pressed that button and he's gone. And and so I think that that's why he's running. He's getting out of dummy half. He's running sideways. And I I kind of get that. And it it's a habit forming thing too, obviously. But. Uh, I think it's just a symptom of this South Sydney team. They've they've got a problem in their halves, and it's it's not been getting any better as the season goes on. And you know that worries me. Um, I don't know what to make of Parramatta anymore. Like I just don't know what category to put them in. I think it's the second half of the season. They're flat. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, just... that's the thing. Like they're. Second half of the year, they're like a seventh place team on the ladder. That's, <laughs> That's kind of how they play. But you know, and ever since they got that that win over the Panthers, they've been shit. <laughs> they have. They have. Look, so, I'll I will pick them here. Mm-hmm. But as I said, if if Cook is playing direct and fast out of dummy half, Parramatta won't win this. They won't even get close. That's interesting. I'm gonna I'm tipping Parramatta still. Um, but it's going to be an interesting game. It'll be an interesting yeah, look, game. Moses needs to run the ball. Yes. Yes, he needs to. It, Moses needs to do something. How about that? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be really good. Okay, now, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> oh, no. All of New Zealand has wanted football of some kind. Any. Any NRL football, they're just like, give us some NRL football. We'll watch anyone play. The New Zealand Warriors, they're back in town and they're hosting the West Tigers. <laughs> oh, I can the, just imagine everyone, everyone was all going, 
you know what? How's about in turn, you know, instead of having this game, you let us have COVID again for another two and a half years. <laughs> they couldn't have just shut the borders for one more week? Like, what the fuck? You poor bastards. Like, yeah. You've been through so much, and now, now the NRL's putting this on you. At least, you know, the West Tigers will handle this situation of having to fly over to New Zealand pretty well. Um, now, <laughs> the New Zealand Warriors are favourites in this one on palmerbet.com. They're at $1.45. The West Tigers are at $2.75. The West Tigers have a five-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90. With a five-and-a-half-point handicap, the New Zealand Warriors are also at $1.90. Let's look past the quality of the game, because if we get bogged down in the quality of the game, we'll probably go on to the next prep. I've got one question, and it's okay. not even about the quality of this game. Mm-hmm. If you're working at Palmer Bed at the moment, yeah. and this game comes up on your thing, on your, on your table, and you go, right, we need to get the odds for this game. Yeah. You look at it and go, uh... Tell you what, let's bring in the mystery wheel. <laughs> Just spin that fucking thing and go, right. It stopped on Warriors of Favourites. That must be how they pick the, the betting on this, because how would you? Yeah, it's and like, I, I think the, the, the prices, I look at the prices here, and all I see is, well, the Warriors are at home for the first time the, in two years. They've got to be pumped up, right? And that's it. It's just numbers. Yeah, I, I'm not criticizing Palmer. I look at it and go, I don't know which team should be favorite here, let alone what the points should be either way. Yeah, it, this, I'm at a loss for this one. It's the Tigers are doing their best to try and make sure that the Warriors win by having James Roberts back at center. <laughs> so there's points. So they're going um, out there with twelve defenders. Novel. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, Adam Dewey's on the bench. Well, of course. Why would you put him in the starting side? That's silly. It's nuts. Um, alternatively, Sean Johnson's playing for the Warriors, so they're not trying to score points there. And these are the these are the conflicts that we've got there that I don't understand. Look, we're not allowed to uh, criticise Sean Johnson. Uh, Benji Marshall made that quite clear. Um, not allowed to talk about the fact. I, I don't know. Like, I understand that they're away from home. They've been away from home for a long time. He's got a family. He's got you know kids and all that. That so doesn't do make you kick out in the full. Okay. <laughs> like, I got kids too. Yeah. They're going to sit there and watch their dad suffer through another West Tigers bullshit performance. <laughs> yeah. So where's where's I, my sympathy, Benji? Not that, I'm, not that I'm criticizing Sean Johnson. Just letting you know, Benji Marshall. I'm just saying. He's playing like fucking garbage. Okay? He is trash. Um, so, but yeah, this is one of those games. I can't even oh. say to go and drive down the M4 with this one. Um, I, no, no, I wouldn't even waste the petrol money on this one. <laughs> I don't know what they do in New Zealand to get around. I can't imagine there's too many cars in New Zealand. I think they just walk from place to place or ride horses or something. They ride a uh, ship. <laughs> How dare you. How dare you, Andrew. Just, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, look, for this game, there's not much going on. Um, you and Aikens moved back to the centres. Um, yeah, I... 
I don't see anything in here that's going to swing the game one way or the other. I'm going to tip the Tigers just because, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I am. I get it. I get it. That's so fucking fun. I'm going to tip the New Zealand Warriors, and I'm going to tune into this game the same way that every six months or so I have to find that video of the bear that's on the bike that jumps off and starts mauling the monkey that's on the bike in front of him. Um, that's I'm just basically that's what this game just reminds me of. Just I want to see a bear attack something. Uh, you know, I'm just a spectacle. Who's, who's the bear? I don't even know. That's the you know thing. what? Both these teams are the bike. <laughs> yeah, the coaches. The coaches are just the the handlers trying to tear the what's left of the monkey out of the bear's mouth. Yeah, all so, they are are witnesses. That's all just, they are. Just for everyone that's wondering, the monkey was fine. He uh, went and lived on a farm for the rest of his life. As all good monkeys do. Yeah. Now, yeah. the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons, this is the last game of the round, this one. St. George Illawarra Dragons are taking on the Canberra Raiders. Uh, the Dragons are outsiders on palmabet.com. They're at $2.15. The Canberra Raiders are $1.70. The St. George Illawarra Dragons have a three-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90, and with the three-and-a-half-point handicap, the Canberra Raiders are also at $1.90. Yeah, and for this game, Ben Hunt may not play. He's got a bit, oh. of, a, uh, bit of a leg injury. Oh, he's going to be. I think he's got a fitness test to do before kickoff. Um, if he's out, Canberra will win this easily. Yep. If he plays, then I think Canberra will win this in a much closer performance. Um, even accounting for the Corey Horsburgh fuck up of the day, <laughs> I probably will still go for the Canberra Raiders, especially knowing that just Hunt being under an injury cloud. Look, if he plays, he'll play well, but. Um. Yeah, he's the be all and end all of that that Dragons team. He really is. Um, Moses and buys on the bench, so he's not in the spine at the moment. So that's I suppose that's something. But it does mean that when he comes onto the field, he'll have to play. I dare say he'll come in a hooker from. He'll have to play football, which is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I'd rather have Aaron Woods as a playmaker over Moses and buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that. There it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going the Raiders here. Yeah, I'm going for the Raiders as well. Um, and they've got Whiten back as well. Fogarty's um, starting to find his feet now after being injured for a fair while. He's, he's starting to look pretty solid. Um, yeah, I think Canberra's got this one. Yeah, same here. All right, now we have an email. Oh, yes. It is from Joe. It is a Super League war question. Oh, he says, hi, I've been thinking about the Super League war a lot lately. He sounds a lot like us. We sit down and we think about things from 25 years ago. We're like, oh, fucking this happened. Anyway, Joe's a hardcore rugby league fan like us. He says, I've been thinking about Super League war a lot lately and I have this one burning question. I know at a cynical level, the crisis was about pay TV rights, but giving the modus operandi of News Corp Fox and Murdoch was to overpay for sporting content to build up the TV viewership. And he says, see Sky Sports in the Premier League. There's a good article about it. He sent us. Um, 
He says, could News Limited have foregone Super League and overpaid the ARL for TV rights? I know that Nine Slash Optus had a long-term contract with the ARL, but what stopped the ARL and News Limited from being partners pre-1997? Uh, Murdoch had the rights to subscription TV for the NRL for, well, the New South Wales Rugby League, ARL. And I think it was a long deal, even though we didn't have subscription TV at the time. I think it was like 10 years or something like that. Mm. And so I think what Murdoch had to do first was find a way to void that contract. I don't know how you do that. Or so they had to find a way to break that contract anyway. You, you mean but, you uh, mean Packer had it? Pack Packer had. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Packer. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a deal that Packer made. I think when he when the rights got renegotiated when Ten went broke in ninety three. Because remember, Packer had it. He then let uh, Ten buy it for a higher price, mm-hmm. and then when Ten went broke, and the and New South Wales Rugby League needed a urgent TV rights deal. Packer bought it back at a fraction of the price he had before, and he got the subscription TV thrown in for free, and he got it on a longer deal. It might have been five years or something at the time, or ten years. And, and keep in mind, this is at a time where rugby league administrators were giving away weird shit. <laughs> like at, at one point you've talked about this before where News Corp owned the uh all of the logos and team likenesses. Yeah. Really. And they they bought that from a company who asked the NRL or sorry, New South Wales Rugby League at the time. I think it might have been a company that made sports socks mm. or something like that. Like some sort of apparel. And they asked for the licensing rights to the logos, and the game's gone, sure, no worries. You know, you're just putting logos on socks, fucking go for it. Mm. And and Murdoch got access to that company and got all of that um, intellectual property from them that way. It was the weirdest thing ever. I, I remember looking into it years ago. I'll have to dig it up and see what I had there. But yeah, it was something along those lines. It was, like, it was something really odd, like a sock manufacturer or something like that. Mm. I don't know, it was weird. But yeah, that, that's how that's how Packer got into that area. But yeah, it was it was to do with the fact that um Packer was smart enough to figure out that there was going to be subscription TV in the future and he got this long deal on rugby league. And it was all rugby league, it was internationals in Australia, Origin, uh the preseason comps, the New South Wales rugby league competition as well, the finals, the whole he got the whole lot. Um, and for you know exclusivity rights, he had the whole thing, but he obviously never had subscription TV and never had plans for it either. He just mm-hmm. wanted it as something he could negotiate with to try and sell to make money for himself because that's what he does. He was a smart man like that. Yeah, it was along yeah. those lines. Yeah, and and like when pay TV started coming into Australia, he's got all his content ready to go. He owns it, you know, and. It was, it's just, you know, th- then you get into the TV war where it's, you pick an Optus or I think there was Star and all these other ones. And one of them was Foxtel and Foxtel yeah. couldn't be left without a, a pay TV product that would be relevant to New South Wales and Queensland. And so they were like, well, 
we either get left behind in this race to be the the main carrier for pay TV, or we just fucking steal it, <laughs> basically. And, and, and that's, that's what it comes down too, to. Like, Packer had, uh, sorry, Murdoch had to try and prove, I guess, to the rugby league um, people that subscription TV was going to be like a big deal. Mm. Um, and he was struggling to do that. And then he got the Super Rugby on board. And I think it was his mindset was, if I get Rugby League's competitor on board, and that was when Rugby was starting to make a name for itself because it finally decided to go professional. And the Wallabies were actually successful at that stage. Um, they were able to get plenty of eyes on the product pretty quickly through that. Um, and so Rugby League's kind of gone, oh, we don't, we don't want to miss out on that, do we? Like, this could be extra revenue for us. So uh, there's that fear of missing out, I guess, that went on there. And then we had the Super League War. It was good. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Great days, great days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it is, we... Did, did we ever cover this aspect of it in any of the episodes we've done previously? Yeah, we did. Uh yeah, I'm not I, th- too I, think sure. we, I think we did. Yeah, we did it pretty good. We did the go back, go back and listen to the um, episodes like 1994, 95, 96, 97, all those ones. There, it'll only take you but like nine or ten days. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's covered in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, we we really covered all that pretty well. Um, but yeah, there there was another one we got, and it was a while ago now, and it was about the West Tigers. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I, it was a, it was a while ago. It was it was so long ago. It was when you were last on the podcast, hey? Like wow, yeah, no, uh, like two on. weeks ago. <laughs> hang on, uh, I get so many emails. It's ridiculous. Have you got any from the uh, Prince of Brunei by any chance? I've been waiting on an email from him. He's got a bit of coin for me. I get so many saying that. Um, <laughs> But they're from the Ukraine and they need money. It's like, dude, I'm from Australia. I need money too. Uh, yeah. here's, here's one from Tigers Man 1990. It's from the uh, 7th of the 6th. So, so it's it's a while ago. He says, well, that's it. Another chapter in the West Tigers Hall of Shame written. I, and it's from Tiger Man 19. Uh, no, it's Tiger Man 990. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Hall of Shame written. I generally feel upset that we sacked Madge. Watching the doco last year really opened my eyes and I realised the coach can really only do so much that he went above and beyond to get his team up, but they let him down. I'm disappointed in the club that we made this decision, but I want your your guys' opinion on who can we replace him with and hopefully make a change and also what this means for Hastings, Appy and Papalihi uh, coming to the club. Uh, with Jacko being vocal on how he wants to be coached under Madge, under Madge, would this make you jump ship? Love you guys, and please pray for us Tigers fans. We don't deserve this shit. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Um, Hastings will stay. He's a yeah. he's a competitor. He just wants to play good footy and he wants to play regularly. He's got a pretty mature head on his shoulders now, um, so he just wants to play footy. Uh, so I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Papa Lee, I think he'll he'll hang around. Um, Appy has probably been given a shit ton of money, so he'd probably play for a garden chair at this stage. He wouldn't care. 
just pay me my money, man. That's all he wants. Um, yeah, who the coaches would be? I don't know. I'd I'd like to see um, I'd like to see Jeff Tuvey to be honest. But yeah, he's just not in anyone's conversations anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, the Tigers tend to make a lot of bad coaching decisions before they make a good one. So they can't go from one good coach to another good coach. So I guess they're going to make a bad decision somewhere. So that worries me that they'll get Flanagan. It, look, at this stage, I'm just like, oh, I would be like, just stick with Kamali. You're going to fucking sack whoever you get in the next well, couple. You the thing know. that gets me is how so many people on social media mm-hmm. are just adamant that Flanagan can never coach again. And then as soon as a team loses their coaches and they can't find another one, they're all really open to the idea of having Flanagan as their coach again. And I can't make this any clearer than uh, just a full blanket no. Mm. The club, this club goes through so much self-inflicted bullshit. The last thing it needs is a cheater as their coach, a blatant cheater who breaks whatever rules in place. He doesn't give a fuck about the rules. Mm-hmm. I don't want that at this club. We cannot no. have that at this club. That's why Maguire was so good. He was he was hard, he was straight, but he was by the book. Mm-hmm. That's what this club needs. The problem for the club is not the coach, was not the coach. And so it doesn't matter who they make coach anymore. It's going to have the same problem all the time around. You can't tell me that all those coaches we had before were all the problem. Mm. They've all given us. A, you can't even say that Brooks is the problem all the way through because Brooks has only been there for eight of the last eleven years, whatever it is, since the Tigers last made the finals. So it's not yep. the coach through all of that. It's not the Brooks through all of that. The club, the people who run the fucking club, the board, they're the problem. Why can't the club just get a board who knows what they're doing and knows how to run a football team for fuck's sake? That would be nice. As I said all along, I don't care who they name as coach, so long as the people who appoint that coach are not the dickheads who just sacked the last one because they've just admitted by sacking the bloke that they hired that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So why would you get the people who don't know what the fuck they're doing to hire the next coach? Because all they're going to do is have another fuck up and they'll have to sack him as well. And you just keep going on this bloody... Merry-go-round. It's not a merry-go-round. It's a misery-go-round. I tell you what, you don't sound like you've bought into the new era, Andrew. I haven't. I haven't. No. As someone once very well said, it's not new era. It's uh, no. It's not new era. It's new era. <laughs> new era. It's not even new era. They're making all the same mistakes as before. I know when it comes to uh, opinions about the West Tigers, I only listen to the opinions of those that are paid-up members. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like listening to the opinions of people that run football clubs that uh, can't make the finals. I don't listen to those people. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you? <clears throat> um, you know what? They should make James Hooper the coach. Why is that? Well, you know, it cuts out the middleman. The club leaks all that information to the media anyway. Why don't I just put a fucking media person there? Um, we don't need anyone with any 
a bit, you know, understanding of how the game works because we just had one of those people and we sacked him. So let's just go back to having a moron who doesn't understand the fucking game at all. I tell you what, just put James Hooper there. He doesn't know anything about rugby league. It would make Mad Monday fucking amazing. Oh, would think of all the car damage that would go on. <laughs> well, it has been every, really every, every other club would be having theirs that you know go to pubs and stuff like that, and Hooper would be taking all of the boys down to the local car yard. <laughs> Come on, boys! I found a trampoline place. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um. Isn't it weird that there are so many people in the media that don't like rugby league players? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like, because they never got to be rugby league players themselves because they were shit. Yeah, re- like really horrible, vindictive cunts towards rugby league players, and then yeah. they whinge that the players don't want to fucking talk to them. <laughs> it's <laughs> like really the strange. most important thing out there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really weird. But it comes through so like obviously when they speak about rugby league players that they just don't like, they don't like them. And, uh, well, until they retire, then they become one of the boys. Oh, then they're one of the mates. Oh, I always think when I hear that somebody like a, somebody in the media has texted a rugby league coach or something, that would make me so fucking angry. Just... I'll be so fucking angry. Um, I'd love to get one of those phone numbers actually. Like a mainstream media journal's phone number. Oh, God. Why? What would you do with it? You know, just use it on holiday marketing websites. <laughs> you just ring up every so often and just say, hey, how's it going? I just thought I'd ask you some questions. I'd be like, who are yeah. you? And it's like, exactly. What's it feel like? And the other one, I'd ring up and say, look, I'm the player manager for such and such a player. Just letting you know we've been chatting with such and such a club. Yeah. And, you know, they've given us a deal for a million dollars a year. We're going to take it. And just hang up the phone and watch them print that shit. Because <laughs> you know they will. <laughs> you act like some of these journos go on rugby league forums and get their their information off of rugby league forums that have been set up. But enough about Bulldog Richie. Um, <laughs> it's been a really good episode, Andrew. It's been good to have you back. It has. It's, it's been good. I um, apologise again for not eating an onion. Um, I'll try better next time. Could you get, have an onion that you could eat for the next episode? Yeah, I'll I'll see if I can grab one at work tomorrow. A proper onion, like a... And you don't have to eat it shell on. I was thinking about that last night randomly. Remember when fucking the... What's his name? The former Prime Minister who gives a shit what his name was. He, Dingleberry. He, yeah, he somebody handed him an onion and he ate it like just like it was an apple shell on oh, it. Tony Abbott, yeah. Yeah. He was just testicles. It's, it just shows you that they they do the things that they think human beings would do. <laughs> yes. It's like, that's the funniest thing next to uh, the other dude, Bill Shorten, when he was uh, he ate the hot dog sidewards. He's that's still, a sausage that's, sandwich. That still fucking gets me every <laughs> single time. Wasn't that's there a... The, a an English politician who was same thing as trying to trying to eat a um bacon sandwich or something like that. And he was making an absolute hash of it. No, I don't remember that one. Oh, uh, that that was several years ago as well. I'll have to look that one up, hey. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Anyway. Politicians people... eating, they don't know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um Has it has there been anything going on over in England? Uh 
let me think what's been going on. Oh, there's this talk that um, Brian McDermott is on his way out at uh, Fev. And he, because they've, they, they were talking themselves up. They're going to come in Super League and they've been going shit lately because he's a shit coach. And I saw a rumor that was posted on Twitter. So take it for what it's worth that <clears throat> the players basically said they didn't have any confidence in him. So he was on his way out. So that's one thing I saw. Well, um, so he's officially lost the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine losing a, a fucking championship dressing room. It's like, listen, before I go home, because I've got to be, I got to be at work tomorrow morning. I just want to say to you, you can't, <laughs> you can't coach. Yeah, I'm off now. I got to get in early. I'm bricklayer. Um, I'd imagine that'd be easy to get back on side though. Just turn up with fish and chips. And yeah. hey guys, I've got a liter of gravy. You just kick. You just turn up with one of those big water things, but it's full of gravy, and just kick it across the floor. Or well, maybe just... come in with that that box with the pie and the mashed potato and the mushy peas and the dysentery on top of it. I mean, the gravy on top of it. Just say, <laughs> yeah. guys, I've got all of you one of them. It's yeah. on the that house. Light, Lightning McQueen being sent it to us, yeah? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that'd be a good idea. But, yeah, anyway, so he's lost the dressing room. The other thing I've noticed is that there's, uh, once again, all the the – Super League clubs have started bickering with each other about away fans, which is so small time, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so fucking small time. Uh, it, it's just amazing. It's fucking amazing. And they're, they're all like, oh, we're, we're taking 1,800 fans. How many are you taking? It's like, you fucking small time cunts. Um, I love it. Outside of that, uh, I don't think that there's too much else going on. Uh, in the rugby league world, the other only other thing I've seen is um, fucking Grant at the what's his name that is the head of the International Rugby League. He's been going around on a media tour, pretending that he has any involvement in any decision making processes at all. So that's been fun to see. That's always fun. Yeah, he's been larping as an administrator. That John Grant. John, no, no. Oh, what's his name? Is it? Oh, no. John that was a former NRL guy. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting his last name wrong. It doesn't matter. He doesn't do anything anyway. So he's been going around pretending he, he runs some stuff that he doesn't actually run. So um, talking about the rep rounds and all this shit, like he has any input into whether there's a rep round in the NRL at all. It's like, I can do. you find out when we find out? Yeah, we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get our people to talk to your people if you've got any. Yeah, exactly. We're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But, you know, it, I don't know what to make of all that shit. Nah, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> um. So, yeah, what when, What should we do our next episode on? We'll do an episode now in the next week. Should we, we should do something, hey? Yeah, we should. We'll try and, I'll try and do something this weekend. Okay. Some sort of history thing or something like that, maybe. It's been years since we've done a history episode. I know. How crazy I is that? I need to pull my finger out and do something. We'll get something that, out to the people. That might be a plan. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, it's been a good app. It has indeed. It has indeed. And people, if you want to chat with us a bit more, um, you can check us out on the socials on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. 
We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace. So check us out on all of those. Um, you can also get in touch via the email, Freaky. Yeah, send us a direct email podcast at leaguefreak.com. There's no space between league and freak. Um, send us an email. Make the subject something like podcast so I can see it. And then uh, we will read don't, your yeah, email. Yeah, don't make it. I have amazing financial offer for you. Yeah, it uh, might, look, get missing, might go missing. If if you make your your subject line more inches question mark, I probably am going to skip over it. Just make a podcast, all right? Yeah, that's the easiest way of doing it. Uh, <laughs> and on that note. Um, actually, one other thing you can do, it's been a while, please, somebody, anybody, just one person, go and leave a comment on your podcast listening app. Yeah, you pricks. Just, just one comment, just one. It'd be, it'd be nice. We haven't had one for ages, so just, just one person go do something. That'd be fantastic. Be really lovely about it and, uh, yeah. and just, just say like, this is a really nice podcast <laughs> and, uh, I really enjoy it. Yes. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. And uh, also subscribe to the, the YouTube account. Yeah. That'd be nice. That's an easy thing where you can just go click a button and then walk away and not care. Click That'd be sweet. Done. There you go. And don't make me fucking chase you up. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll curse you like we did North Sydney with the jersey underneath the yeah. new stand. That's right. I'll Not that, that I had anything to do with that. I just heard about it. Like, just heard about it. Yeah. Like, like any good journalist, you heard about it on the grapevine. That's yeah, good enough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all righty. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, take it easy. We'll catch you all next time. Palmer bet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.